Hey everybody, welcome to Tara and Andrew versus the Scarecrow Video Movie Guide. I'm Tara. I'm Andrew. And this is the 41st in our 3,726 part series, where we choose a movie totally at random from the Scarecrow Video Movie Guide, watch it, do some research, and tell you what we thought and learned. Yeah, and whatever movie we pick, we are honor-bound to watch, as long as it is something that we have not seen before. Um, there's a couple of other qualifiers in there, but they don't really ever come up, so... We will invoke those as necessary. Yep. And in our last episode, we talked twice uh, about uh, True Romance, the 1992 movie by Tony Scott, written by Quentin Tarantino, with a lot of a lot of famous people in it that we were not super fond of. Like it was pretty ridiculous. And even yeah. yeah, it had its moments. Bronson Pinchot was uh, always good to see Bronson. Always good to see Bronson. Yeah. Don't forget to email us. <laughs> We're constantly refreshing the inbox. <laughs> so. Have one of your people send us an email. Please. please. Um, but uh, yeah, I mean, had some problematic racist stuff in there at points and not as great as we had been led to believe it was going to be, unfortunately. Or we'd hoped. Or we had hoped, yes. And so because that was my pick, it is Tara's turn to pick from the guide. So, so I will start flipping through the book at random, and you just tell me when to stop. Stop. Okay. Okay, so we are going to have to invoke one of the rules because I stopped in the concerts. Oh, yeah, concert no. Movies. So we, no concert movies. Yeah, we decided we can't review those because it's just going to be us talking about songs that we probably don't like so uh that yeah. would be a very boring episode just like and that this string cheese incident song was not very good and then the next song also we didn't like not very good one. so unless you want to hear that for like 30 minutes it's it's in everybody's best interest so okay so we'll pick again so okay. stop okay got one it is okay this sounds promising at midnight, I'll take your soul. <laughs> From 1964. Um, according to the movie guide, uh, Mohika Marin's creation, Ze Do Kajau, I think, Jose of the Grave, known to English speakers as Coffin Joe, has been described as a national boogeyman in his native Brazil. That hardly captures this darkly fascinating mix of Dracula, demon, Nietzschean Superman, black-headed bully, misogynist, and gleefully sadistic murderer as folk hero. Okay. Um, in Coffin Joe's startling controversial debut, Marins shocked the Catholic country with a blaspheming anti-hero. The imagery is bold and genuine, genuinely startling. He ties up his wife and watches a tarantula crawl up her wriggling body. It was a great show, he cackles as she dies. So, spoiler alert, guide. Thank you. For that. <laughs> Thank you. Um, Severs the fingers of a poker player with a broken bottle and clubs, then drowns his best friend before the inevitable angry villagers turn on the monstrous hedonist. At Midnight has the distinction of being Brazil's first true horror film. Wow. All right. That sounds right up our alley. And it's appropriate because this episode... Yep. Not even intentionally. We, uh, Because it's now October, we are going to be trying to focus on the horror movies. Uh... Last year, we limited ourselves to the 
psychotronic section, which is mostly horror movies and sci-fi movies. And we forgot to do that in this case, but I think it worked out. fate had uh, had our back. I so. was thinking about that when I was choosing, which is like crazy. Yeah. So there, there you go. Very, very good choosing. Yes. Randomly. Again, random. Not, we didn't rig this. No, this is like from director's A to Z section. Jeez. Yeah. looks like it. Yeah. That's like bizarre. Because yeah. right, right opposite it is duck soup. Yeah. So. so that's really wild. Yeah, sounds like it's something that we will probably find pretty interesting, so I'm, I'm looking forward to checking this out. Yeah, me too. All right, we will be back after this musical interlude with our thoughts on At Midnight I'll Take Your Soul. watching at midnight i'll take your soul it's not yet midnight so the, uh we're safe for now just enough time to finish this podcast edit it and get it uploaded and then we're done yeah Goodbye. it's gonna be like the first found footage podcast yeah uh, a lot of soul taking well not a lot of soul taking necessarily more more life taking yeah a lot of life taking yeah, yeah. then like a, a, a pinch of soul taking a pinch, just a, you know, just a Susan of soul yeah, taking. Yeah, fancy. So, should we reveal our pre-spoiler rating? Yeah. As always, our ratings go in order from worst to best. Don't watch. Maybe don't watch. Eh. Maybe watch. And don't not watch. So, do you have a rating in mind? I do. What All about right. You? Yeah. Yeah. Okay. So on the count of three, one, two, three. Maybe and... watch. Oh, okay. I think we balanced each other out because it was another one where I, I wanted to rate it higher in yeah. s- for some reasons and then other reasons. I almost ranked it higher than maybe watch though. Cause I, Fair enough. Like, I mean, it's, it's, there's, it, there's a lot to be said for it. It's, it's very, uh, Intellectually, I think there are a lot of things that are really unique mm-hmm. about it and that I really appreciate. Yeah. Um, it's just more, I think, some of the stylistic aspects of it, mm-hmm. I think, is where I had to knock it down a little bit. I don't know. It's just like, I think maybe if I'd seen this at a different point in my life, I, I definitely would have rated it higher. Yeah. It's just... Um, and there's some stuff in there, the way the movie treats women. Well... I don't know. I think well, Terzina has some agency. Yeah, and she actually the 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 actress who played Terzina contributed to the script. Oh, really? Okay. Yeah, it's not even as much um, how the women characters are are treated, which you know. It it's kind of a typical horror movie. Yeah. Treatment. Yeah, it's just more like I guess there was a lot that was a little melodramatic for my taste. Yeah. So I think that's what I mean stylistically. It's just like the melodrama of it. Yeah. Yeah, it wasn't scary. It definitely wasn't. Well, not to us. Not to us. I mean, I guess we can talk about that later after we get through the plot. Okay. Um, what I yeah I saw about how it was perceived in Brazil. With that, we will get into the plot discussion. The, the movie opens up with a brief introduction uh, done by this witchy 
character, this lady who comes on screen and tells us, like, you guys, you're going to get your souls taken if you watch this movie. You gotta, you better get out of here now if you want to get out of this alive. You best skedaddle now. Yep. And, uh, or whatever the Brazilian equivalent of skedaddle is, I'm sure. It's probably skedaddle. It's probably skedaddle. So... Uh, I believe skedaddle comes from Brazil. Like, we're not etymologists. We don't know. But, I mean, it <laughs> seems like it's a Brazilian word. But uh, it kind of got me on its side right from the get-go with that. I'm like, all right, movie, you're all right. This cackling, witchy character yeah, running totally. us off. And um, so the movie opens up with uh, the... With us seeing how all the characters die. That's true. Yeah. They, <laughs> they, they roll credits and it shows, it shows all the characters and it shows their death scenes. So Which is a very novel approach. A little, little of the suspense is uh, diluted there. But, but yeah. I, mean, I guess you can't really fault the guide for letting us know that uh, Zay's wife is killed by a tarantula. And they're right up for it. I will say, even though they had the, the deaths in the opening, it wasn't until like the second time I saw one of those deaths I was like, okay. Yeah. After we get the montage of uh, character deaths that we'll be seeing shortly, the, uh, the movie opens up in the cemetery where Zay Do Kaishao, our main character, is... Coffin Joe. <laughs> Coffin Joe, yeah. Oh, God. America, really. I know. Um, it's a literal translation. Like, somebody could have finessed that. Like, yeah. When you, when yeah. you translate, you don't necessarily want to do a direct word-for-word literal translation and this is a brilliant example of why not maybe too on the nose with that yeah uh so he's uh he's conducting a funeral like saying the spiel for somebody who's getting buried and then after this he goes back to uh, his home where his wife lenita is waiting and he's like i'm hungry i doing that funeral made me really worked up an appetite you know, seeing a dead person just, like, puts you in the mood for some hunger. Yeah, I'm just... Satiation. That, that, that dead husk of rotting meat just... Mm-mm-mm. Good. Really? Mm. Good, good for some meat. The funeral the, is taking place on a Holy Friday, and his wife reminds him of this, and is like, you can't eat meat. It's Holy Friday. It's kind of forbidden. He's like, I guess I'll just have to go eat human meat if that's what it takes. And we're like, whoa... Whoa, dude. Uh, you kind of made a, you made a real fast transition to cannibalism there. No hesitation at all. He notices there's this procession of people, I guess, walking to church or something, I, I presume, past the window of their apartment or house. And he sees this woman, Terezinha, who is engaged to his friend Antonio, passing by and... He apparently has the hots for her, so he's like, oh, I, I gotta go outside, There's a, I gotta go attend to something here. She's with some other guy that's walking her home, I guess, and he's like, oh, uh, I can walk you home, forcefully implies that the other guy should leave. And so as soon as the other guy is gone, he basically pushes her up against the wall and, and tries to kiss her. Um, but she bites him, which is good, bites him off, and is like, ooh, you're like a snake. And uh, this temporarily puts him off, but... Um, yeah, she's like, don't ever do this shit again, yeah. and I won't tell Antonio. Right. But, but this is the last time you're doing this. Yeah, I, I'm engaged to your best friend, so you gotta cut this shit out. And so he rebuffed, he goes to this bar where there's a bunch of people playing cards, and he invites himself to join the game, and everybody's like, eh, I don't 
like this, but we can't really tell him no because he's a bad dude. He kind of reminded me of Liberty Valance in that sense. Yeah, for sure. He totally had a, except he didn't have any, he didn't need any goons. No. He just was able to terrify everybody on his own. Yeah. And so he's, he's playing cards and he has a really good hand. And so there's only one other guy left. I guess they must be playing poker because he forces the yeah. other guy to call because they, he doesn't have any more money he can wager. They're playing dominoes. Oh, that's right. <laughs> they're, they're playing jacks. They're oh. playing hopscotch. Yeah. So the the guy is like, well, all right, I've I've got three kings, and Zay is like, well, you you're out of luck, my dude, because I have four aces, and this guy is like, but I need this money, and it's like, if you needed that money, maybe you should not have been gambling with it. Yeah, and and so Zay is uh, rightfully at this uh, unhappy that this guy is trying to welch on this bet and he smashes a bottle and he chops off the guy's fingers and he like it's like call the doctor yeah that's right he's like call the doctor i'll pay the bill so and also everybody he looks around the room like this was an accident (laughs) and uh, so i mean he's he's an upstanding man he's willing to pay the doctor bills so i think you know it's a very good impression that we have of him why is the doctor the only person who can't know he did that on purpose it's like the whole fucking village knows. Yeah, I'm sure it wouldn't come as a surprise so to anybody there to find out that he'd chopped well, somebody's fingers off in a fit of rage. Yeah. Uh, so after this cool encounter, Zay goes home uh, to his loving wife, Lenita, and she immediately is just like, you know, I love you so much. I just burst out because I'm so jealous thinking about anybody else being with you. I want to make you happy. Well, what she didn't realize is all his way home, Zay had been saying to himself, I've got to fucking kill that wife, Lenita. He's monologuing how there's life and there's death and there's not really anything outside it. But what I can do is have a son and that will continue my blood, which is essentially how you gain immortality. Lenita is unable to have children, so I'm going to kill her and then Terzinia will be mine. Zay gets home. Stanley. So she's really apologetic. Oh, I, you know, I would do anything to make you happy. And Zay's like, you know what? You're going to make me very happy. And he uh, covers her face with a rag that he doused in chloroform until she passes out, uh, which gives him plenty of time to tie her up on the bed. And as she wakes up, he cackles over her and lets loose a venomous spider. And he's like, oh, this is going to be good. It's going to be a great show. I'm going to watch you die. Yeah. And nobody can hear you scream because I taped up your mouth. Oh, yeah. And I'm getting real hungry watching this. <laughs> yeah. Getting quite an appetite. His hunger is triggered by the oddest things. Oh, yeah. So he watches his wife die somewhat uneventfully. Like, the wa- the spider walks all over her, bites her. But, like, that's about it. She's just, yeah. like, dead. Right. We don't even see the spider bite her. It's all no, implied. And so it's, it's all like, implied. Is she allergic to having a spider walk on her? Or <laughs> she got spooked to death yeah. by the feeling that's of spiders. True. So the doctor gets called over. And, and, again, because it was a spider bite, he's there's no way to really pin it on, say. So it's like, okay, uh, your wife died accidentally. Flash forward to a couple weeks later... Zay is hanging out with Antonio, and he's like, you know what, Terezinha and I are going to go see the fortune teller, the witch from the beginning of the movie. 
Um, you should totally come with us. And Zay is like, you know, that's a bunch of rubbish. It's just a bunch of hocus pocus. I don't believe in this shit, but whatever. I'll hang out with you guys. He sees it as an opportunity. Yeah. So he goes with them to the the fortune teller who promptly tells Terzinha that she will not. So uh, if you hear our cat Stanley meowing in the background, just consider that a bonus for this episode. He's, <laughs> he's feeling very talkative today. <laughs> uh, I don't really, I'm not going to feel like editing all of his meows out probably. <laughs> right. We're not going to repeat every single fucking thing we say. Yeah. Because he's meowing. Sorry. Sorry, Stanley. Sorry, Stanley. No, he's fine. <laughs> no, he, he wants he, he wants to be in the podcast. That's true. Um, so Terzina's fortune is is essentially you know you're looking forward to getting married and and having this great life, but unfortunately it's not going to end how you want it to. It's not going to be good. And then Antonio, you're going to die pretty soon, but make sure that you are buried at the stroke of midnight, and then your soul will be okay. And then she turns to Zay and says, "Well." If I can interject oh, briefly, uh, she also says, uh, "Since I just predicted your death, th- this one's on the house. So I'm oh, not yeah. going to charge you for that. This is gratis. This, this is a freebie. Yeah. <laughs> Sorry about your impending death. Uh, um, us, us fortune tellers, we have a code where if we predict a death, you don't get charged. <laughs> no charge. <laughs> no charge. Yeah. Every every death means no charge. That's you know, and that's a good policy because if somebody did predict my death and they were like, <clears throat> money please. Yeah, I'd be like, um, that's a little <laughs> little uh, gauche." So Zay is getting his fortune told, even though he didn't go there explicitly to receive it. Uh, the witch just decides, you know what? I'm going to tell you what's what, you piece of shit. Yeah. Coffin muncher. That's Coffin muncher? Okay. Coffin muncher. Yeah. Um, so the witch tells Zay, you are going to pay for your sins. You're going to get what's coming to you. Your soul will be taken at midnight. And you're going to burn in hell real bad. So after the fortune teller, the three of them kind of have a chuckle and Terezinia is like, yeah, well, I'm going to go home. Goodbye. Um, Antonio says, well, Zay, since it's just the two of us, you want to come to my place and have a nightcap? And Zay takes this as a great opportunity to make sure Antonio is out of the picture. So they're having some drinks and Antonio is just talking about, you know what? I think that fortune teller was just full of shit. All I want in life is Terzania and I to live here in this house and we're going to remodel it together and life's going to be great. That's all I need. I am Antonio. Uh, <laughs> that's, that's his monologue. That's his monologue. <laughs> he ends every sentence with I'm Antonio. I'm just like, that's a weird, <laughs> weird character choice. But, you know, he's Antonio. Yeah. So, well, he's turned away from, say... Having this monologue, Zay pulls out a poker from by the fireplace and whacks him over the back of his head. Uh, Zay carries Antonio's body into the bathroom. He smushes his head against the side of the bath a couple times to get some blood smeared there. Lets his body sink down and turns on the water to drown him. Antonio's dead. We think, but then he kind of gasps. He gasps. Zay goes, oh shit, and he kind of strangles him. This now opens the path for Zay to impregnate Terezinha. Um, So he thinks. Zay wastes no time in making his way over to Terezinha's house, where um, he bursts in the door and is just like, you know what, I really need to have a son, and it's going to be with you. You're beautiful, and we're going to have a real cool son. 
And she's like, I'm not having any of this. I'm engaged to Antonio and I'm not into you. So Zay forces himself on her, smacks her around until her face is all bloodied up. And then he pins her down on the couch and starts, you know, kissing her with the blood covering all over, like, her entire face. He's just like, mm-mm-mm, let me lick off this blood. Yeah, not a deterrent. Not a deterrent. So Zay's really happy. He, he raped Terezania, yeah. so he's, he's like, great. I'm going to have a son now. He's just convinced. And Terezania goes, uh, don't be so happy. Don't be so pleased with yourself because I'm never going to let you do this again. You're not going to have a son. I'd rather kill myself. And Zay's like, okay, whatever. Goodbye. I'll see you later. You think you're going to do that. You think but... you're going to do that, but I know you won't. Well, and, and we're going to do this again very soon. Goodbye. Yeah. So uh, she shows him because she does kill herself and she leaves a note, but she doesn't really reference him at all, which kind of confuses everybody because everybody kind of knows that he's the reason that she'd killed herself. Like nobody really wants to come out and say it, but they know that he's behind all of these deaths. I think nobody really is fooled by his well, he outright was like, you know what? I'm going to start making coffins in your measurement to like everybody yeah. in the bar earlier in the movie. Yeah. If, uh, if I kill you myself, then I'm going to charge you twice. He literally says that. Uh, so. Hand in front of mouth. It's not in front. It's side, technically. Technically, but I could hear it change the okay. quality of the sound. Like this. Was... doing this. At least in this direction. Yeah. Change the sound <laughs> quality. <Okay. laughs> I, I like to talk like this. Yeah. I think this sounds real good. It sounds dumb. You should go shop for coffee. You should go shop for coffee. I'm just sitting in my bedroom, having a beer. Shopping yeah. for coffee. Um, alright. So, <laughs> coffee talk. Bringing that back. Uh, Tom Sharplin. Yeah. The best. Mwah. Uh, so, so the doctor is especially suspicious of Zay, and um, and Zay kind of again being the reason for the season. And, and Look soon on our website for uh, our custom. series of custom coffin Joe reason for the season <laughs> Halloween greeting cards. Yeah. So Zay knows that the doctor is onto him, and he goes to uh, maybe do a little bit more murdering, perhaps. Uh, well, it's, he starts off, he goes over there, and he's talking to the doctor a little bit, and he's like, well, uh, I'm going to make sure that you don't see anything by gouging your eyeballs out. Oh, we never mentioned his fingernails. Yeah, he has some gnarly fingernails, like really gross. Uh, uh, so they're very good for gouging out eyes. Uh, so that, that's what he does to the doctor. And uh, then he decides, yeah, maybe this isn't really enough uh they might have realized that the doctor didn't gouge his own eyeballs out. Probably and, not. And, and that probably wouldn't kill him. I mean, it, yeah. it'd blind him, sure, but he probably maybe wouldn't have died. Yeah. So so he decides to finish the job by setting him on fire. Like, uh, dousing him in, in alcohol and then setting him on fire. Having killed the doctor, he goes back to the bar to, uh, to celebrate. This is all taking place on the Day of the Dead, and everybody's like, we gotta get out of here, it's, it's 9 o'clock, it's getting into that spooky hour for the Day of the Dead. So they're all getting ready to leave, and then Zay bursts in, rejuvenated from his recent murder, and he's like, whoa, 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 everybody, let's, uh, you're all staying with me, we're gonna, we're gonna do some drinking. I don't believe in this Day of the Dead nonsense, so nobody's leaving. 
and he he tips the barmaid he gives her some money and then her uncle shows up and he's just not happy that zay is getting that familiar with, with his niece and and so zay just beats the shit out of him makes him take the money makes him give the money to his niece he's like yep. pick up that money give it to her and he does this lady then just wanders into the the bar and is like does anybody know where blah blah blah's house is and they're like oh she's like a ways away from here you've, you've got a ways to go it's like out past the cemetery and nobody really is willing to take her out there except for zay i mean he knows the way it's past the cemetery so it's his well his yeah turf. it's his stomping grounds yeah and so they're the walk-in and then as they shortly after they leave the bar they run into the witch she confronts him and is like no you're you're doomed you're gonna die you're gonna hear the wind blowing but it's actually gonna be the ghosts haunting you and you're gonna see a black cat cross your path but it's actually gonna be the devil and you'll hear footsteps behind you and nobody will be there and it'll just be your soul being taken away words to that effect and uh, there might have been one other thing in there but she she gives them these these predictions she's just calling i was gonna go out and he's like whatever i don't believe in this this nonsense you and me will we'll go to your your aunt's house lady and the lady is like wow people here are superstitious yeah huh? yeah he's and like, they're like wow these people he's and he's really turning on the charm for her he so, is yeah she's actually falling for it right she doesn't realize what a creepy is right and so they, they get to her aunt's house and he's like well i'll be seeing you later she invites him in but he's like hey, i can't your aunt doesn't like me very much and that'd be kind of a warning sign, right, I would think. Right, it'd be like a red flag, you would imagine. Like, if, if I was hanging out with somebody and they're like, oh, yeah, your, your aunt doesn't like me, I'd be like, well, get out of here, then, you dirtbag. I trust my aunt's judge as a character rather than just uh, some dude that I was talking to that I just met. He leaves the house and he's walking back to... His house. To his house, presumably. And he hears the, the wind behind him and he remembers, he starts to remember the, the witch telling him that. But he's kind of still unfazed, and he keeps going, and then uh, the black cat crosses his path, and he's getting a little more worried, a little more skeeved out by this, but he keeps going, and then he hears footsteps, and again is, like, remembering the, the words of the witch. He sees some ghosts, and he starts running through the woods, and he then just ends up falling into the mausoleum, and he is really scared at this point, because the coffins of both um, Antonio and Terezinha are laid out there, and he's like... Again, monologuing, and he... He's like, I gotta make sure that their bodies are in there. Yeah. He opens up the coffins, and, uh, like, in Antonio's coffin, this tarantula crawls out, and Antonio is there, and obviously is, is very dead. And he opens up Terzina's coffin, and she's got, like, maggots crawling around, burrowing under her skin, which seems really fast for maggots to be getting to work that quickly. Because she had just died very recently. I guess they don't well, really they have any... Well, they both did. They kind of died on the, about the same That's true. Day, yeah, but right? I mean, and Antonio or didn't have maggots. After. Didn't seem to have maggots crawling. So there, that's yeah. a continuity error right there. Um, jot that one down. Uh, somebody, if you want to write that up for IMDb. There you go. It's a, it's a freebie. And uh, so the, the scene cuts away back to the, this congregation of townspeople and they have heard they're like i heard this horrible screaming noise like i don't want to go check it out by myself and so they all as a group go to the the mausoleum and they see uh zay there just kind of lifeless dangling and so they see him there laying eyes bulging out and then uh, as they come upon him the clock starts chiming 
and it's it's midnight so his soul was indeed taken at midnight as the uh, the witch had foretold and the movie ends and da, 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 da. he's dead presumably presumably Although there's a couple more movies in the series so he's not totally dead i'd be led to believe because he's looking pretty good in the trailer that we watched for the uh, the second movie so there you go at midnight i will take your soul i will take your soul there's no contraction there it's very proper so some really cool facts uh first of which being this was brazil's very first horror movie and it's something that came to the director in a dream like he had a dream that he was being dragged to his grave by a bearded man and wearing like black and a top hat and all this yeah and he was supposed to be doing some other movie but he had this dream and then like woke up and was like immediately he's like i gotta call my secretary you gotta get working on this this idea that i have right now yeah he apparently woke up like shrieking and his family thought he was possessed right yeah they so they were that... like super freaked out so with it being brazil's first horror movie it's i guess uh, it was a surprise to the pretty much everybody who worked on the film but it became like this really huge hit and from what I could see, um, part of the reason why it was like actually really terrifying to Brazilians because at the time, I guess, everybody was living in these kind of secluded villages for the most part. Not ever, you know, there wasn't a big population living in the cities from what I was reading. So you'd have these people in these like little secluded towns and everybody was super Catholic and super observing of Catholic rights and traditions and, and yeah. all that yeah and, and movie... so like him sitting there eating the meat and watching the procession was like so scandalous and yeah. and and chilling that somebody would do that yeah there there was a lot of blaspheming going on in, in this movie we really only touched on it kind of briefly with the meat eating and stuff but he's going on lengthy tirades uh like espousing his atheistic beliefs and and what have you yeah like you, you called him richard dawkins at one point yeah yeah <laughs> so yeah this spawned more than a few sequels really like two actual sequels there's kind of like a trilogy mm -hmm. but i guess there were even more movies than that made tv shows songs he was in music videos the character made appearances in comic books so it's just like yeah. this huge cultural phenomenon in brazil it's, it's interesting because, you know, it was Brazil's first horror movie. It came out at a time when there wasn't, like, a, a unified censor board throughout Brazil. It was something that was left up to the individual states in Brazil to uh, to make their own judgments on. And so, in some cases, it was just was, like, not shown at all with all the blasphemy and violence. Although people really, it seemed like they were more offended by the blasphemy than the violence from what I read. Um, and then in other places, there were some edits made to the movie, and then, yeah, and just it became super popular uh, in the places where it was, was shown, um, which is really impressive because it seemed like it was shot under pretty tight circumstances because uh, but he, he was working with really limited resources, like he had access to much less equipment than and supplies than filmmakers typically would have, and like even people stole some of the little amount of supplies that he had to start with, and he still managed to make this movie that had this huge huge impact in brazil which is pretty impressive and what's more impressive is that almost all of the movie was shot indoors on like a 600 square foot set yeah which is smaller than our apartment so just uh like thinking about that our apartment it's just mind-boggling yeah it, it's just like there's it's like if we didn't have the sets and yeah graveyards Marin really knew what he was doing like with 
the, the limited space that he had, he did not, you know, it does not come across as something that was restricted in that way at all. And the cemetery set specifically was only 300 square feet. And we were just shocked because there's, it does not look like that at all when you see the movie. And considering it was made in like the mid 60s, it does have more of a feel like the old uh, Universal Studios. Yeah. Like Dracula yeah. and Frankenstein and all that. De- definitely. So. It didn't say this explicitly, but I, I think it must have been one of the scenes that was shot outside where the crew really just did not want to shoot it at all because they didn't have enough daylight, they felt, to, to do the scene. And Marin, I guess, <laughs> pulled out a gun and held it on the cameraman to encourage him to uh, to shoot the scene. And so a lot of people, like, I think they said that there's maybe at least six or seven different crew members who confirmed that this actually happened. And Marin himself was pretty tight-lipped about it in most of the time. But, like, on the few times that he did talk about it, he, he said, well, it was a prop. It wasn't an actual gun. Which... Still, like, no, Still. D- d- doesn't make much difference when you're... <laughs> when you're, like, betraying the your, the trust and yeah, whatever yeah. relationship, the goodwill with your crew. Right. By, like, you're gonna fucking film this movie or yeah. I'm gonna blow your brains out. Yeah, yeah. Whether you really were or not is a little beside the point. <laughs> right. Um... I think they got it done, so... You got it done. And, and on top of it, like, I don't think we mentioned... Um, that Marin's actually played Zeta Kaishao right. in the movie, and that wasn't supposed to happen. There was supposed to be a, a different actor to play him, but it got to the point where he didn't have somebody suitable, and just out of desperation, he's like, fuck it, I'm gonna just wear this cape and this top hat, and he pulled out his very best suit, and, like, that was it. And he talked about having to get, like, fake fingernails added onto his hand. To yeah, he had, like, long thumbnails already. And in the interview that we watched with him, he still had very long fingernails. Like, we were both like, ooh, that's... Yeah. Which I guess makes more sense when you realize that he's been doing shows and whatever in character. Okay. Um, in the years since making the movies, like, he had a show that was similar to Night Gallery where he would, like, present oh. these, like, short horror stories and all this stuff. Okay. So he became, like, this enduring character in Brazil. That makes sense, but it was still a little like not knowing that you <laughs> right. see his fingernails, like whoa, whoa, dude. Um, one last thing oh. we uh, we learned Zay Do Kaishao, that's not his real name, unsurprisingly. Um, his real name's supposed to be Yosefel Zanatas, say is short for Jose, mm-hmm. and then Fel he used because that's uh, Portuguese for gall, meaning like your, your gallbladder or whatever. So right. it's like, he's a bitter guy. And then his last name backwards spells Satanas, the Portuguese word for Satan. So it's like, bitter Joe Satan backwards. Bitter, bitter Joe Satan men. <laughs> bitter Joe Satan men. But yeah, there there you go. Slightly differing opinions on it. But I you think know, overall it's... There are a lot of things I really like and really respect about it. It's just in terms of the experience of sitting and watching a movie... Mm-hmm. That's where I had to give it an eh rather than something higher. But I have to say, we watched the trailer for the second movie, and that looks like it's right up my alley. Your, your mileage may vary. It's something that is not going to appeal to everybody necessarily, but like it, it hit enough of the, the right notes for me to, to think it was pretty good. So I guess just like if, it, if I watch this on a different day, I might rate it you don't have to You don't have to justify yourself. 
to the audience. You do have to talk to me about it offline. Though. I do. So we'll, yes, we're, we're, we're going to be. We'll be visiting our marriage counselor. Yeah. We'll be. We'll be hiring a marriage counselor yeah. for the first time. Yeah, this is it. Finally, that's, 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 uh, we got a good run. Finally. <laughs> <laughs> what? No. I mean, of all things, to. Uh, to uh, all the things what, what's the reason you're visiting me today at midnight i'll take your soul we just cannot agree on we it. cannot it's, agree on the score the in our marriage tara just liked it slightly yeah compared to me comparatively she liked comparatively, it a little less than she i liked did it a little less than i did so she complained about a big melodramatic oh. Oh. Um, <laughs> that's exactly what i sound like that's ex- this is exactly what exactly. Andrew talks like. That's what I do. That's how I talk. This, this is how I talk. <laughs> I'm Andrew. <laughs> and I like melodrama. <laughs> uh, I say that all the time. <laughs> um, so with, with our uh, marital problems uh, aside, I think, uh, we should, we should uh, do a... Seamless transition into talking about something uh not super different i mean it's different but it's still kind of creepy and weird yeah uh which is the web series don't hug me i'm scared you know it's something that's been around since i think about 2007 i think 2011 is what i oh really so so in any case it's not new it's not new but it's kind of ongoing and there's a show in the in the works which i'm pretty excited about but it's like this really great dark series of videos yeah short videos they think they're all like you know on average maybe around three four five minutes five minutes yeah and it's uh got the trappings of like a children's show with puppets like brightly colored sets and puppets and each episode there's six episodes each one of them is them learning about something theoretically learning about something like being creative or time time or love or uh being healthy (laughs) digital style so they quickly kind of go off the rails like the first episode you start thinking it's probably something normal yeah it (laughs) it holds its cards pretty close to its chest in the first episode and it's only really towards the end of it that it kind of starts to unravel a bit but like as time went on they're like oh wait people are on board with this so we can get weird pretty quickly there's songs in each episode and they're all very catchy and oh my god ridiculous so catchy. and it's very surreal well we'll link to the videos they're all on youtube it's gonna be really interesting to see what they do with the full series i guess uh, conan o'brien's company is helping to produce the this new series that is coming out i guess it must be pretty soon because they made the announcement about it so it's yeah it's gotta be, be somewhat imminent um but yeah, if you like creepy puppets being sung to by other creepy puppets. You might be into Don't Hug Me, I'm Scared. Yeah. And it, it's something, you know, I always feel weird talking about stuff like this because it's something that has like millions of views on YouTube. So like, right. Hey, have you guys heard of this show, this Game of Thrones? And like, it's a, but it's been out for quite a while and we had not heard about it until just now. And our other friends who are also pretty internet savvy were unfamiliar with it. So I think... It's worth mentioning. It's worth mentioning, yeah. You, you may not have heard about, of it either, we figure. Yeah. If you like what you heard today, and you want to you know, continue hearing more about us and our wonderful podcast, 
there are a number of ways you can keep on top of it. Obviously, there's our website, TaraAndrewVersus.com. Uh, we have a Facebook page named after the podcast. You can find it that way. If you want to drop us an email, uh, comments, feedback, any suggestions for other cool YouTube web series that have millions and millions of views that we may not have heard of, right. our email address is TaraAndAndrewVersus at gmail.com. We're also on Instagram, uh, so you can check us out there if you want to see an occasional photo. <laughs> we just be like posting the, the pictures of the DVD with like next yeah. to the cats, basically. <laughs> Pretty much. It's, well, that's not super far off from what's been posted so far. Yeah, okay. So, yeah. yeah. Uh, and then we, of course, would like to thank the great Seattle band Boat for letting us use their song Lately off the album Setting the Paces. Thank you, Boat. Thank you, Boat. And... Uh, also, of course, would be remiss not to mention that we think you should support your local independent video store in Seattle. Obviously, we are very fond of Scarecrow Video. Uh, yeah, we're, we're just a little fond of Scarecrow Video. Yeah, it's, it's pretty good. Uh, it's, it's pretty, pretty good. good. They make it's, pretty... it's pretty much, like, the best. It's, they, yeah. they, they've got a pretty gigantic selection, and they, they seem like pretty, pretty cool people um, in general. So... In general, specifically, I don't know. Just <laughs> generally, uh, so yeah, I mean, like we like to say, the, these are stores that are kind of a dying breed, and so they would both appreciate and could use your support. Yeah, and they have stuff that you can't get elsewhere. Yeah, so yeah, show them some love. And with that being said, <sighs> do it, Rockapella. <laughs> we will catch, catch you, you later, later potato, potato cakes. cakes.